Blog Talk Radio. Today, Diva's Luncheon and Literature, Eat and Greet, March 4th, 2017, at Atlanta Airport, Marriott Gateway, from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. For sponsorship opportunities, contact writingroyaltypromotions at gmail.com. Hey, welcome to Let's Chat. This is Leisha. You know, I'm kicking in with my right hand. Uh, this is Leisha. I'm kicking in with my right hand, as well as my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We talking that talk today on this chat with Mystic Girl, author Champagne Couture, and author Willie Stewart. I'm excited. We should have a great show tonight once again. You know, it's Friday night, so I, I might just have to get just just spread my wings a little bit and just have some fun and talk about that talk. I'm, what is our topic today, Leash? I didn't do a topic today because it's more like girls' night. You know, Friday is always oh. girls' night. We got one fella. You know, he going right, to step in and step up. But, you know, it's mostly girls' night. <laughs> you know, we always get in here, and when we have female authors or even female guests, we be talking about some of everything. We be all off in left field. Mm-hmm. We don't even get to the topic because we be talking about, you know, it just becomes a more natural um, setting. So uh-huh. it's Friday. Uh-huh. I didn't give us a topic, um, a discussion, because I know we'll always get one. Mm-hmm. You never know we what might pop out of our guest mouth. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to kick back and have a good time. Um, and it's funny because, you know, we were talking about the event um, that I'm having in March, which is the Divas Luncheon in Literature, Eat and Greet. Now, and a lot of people are asking me, they're asking me, like, how does it work? What is it about? So, mm-hmm. 
you know, here on Let's Chat, we always talk about 31 flavors. Um, when you walk into Baskin and Robbins, you always have that preset expectation of what you're going to get. And then when you walk in there, you see all these little spoons, and you're like, hmm, let me taste this. Oh, let me taste that. Oh, ooh, y'all got a new flavor. Let me taste what that tastes like. You know, you don't know what you like until you get a little taste of it. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to do something different, but I wanted readers to be able to get something from it, and I wanted it to be a um, networking opportunity for authors as well. So all the authors that we have that are featured, they all bring something unique to the industry. They all have the key sense of that paperback hustle and the ebook hustle. But the one thing a lot of them have in common is when promoting, you never see them posting their links all over social media. They really interact with their page. To me, they're a prime example of how to move. If you're a new author and you need to know how to move, you're trying to see how you should do things, what you should do, these authors all do that. You know, they interact with their page. Their readers mm-hmm. become their promoters. And by word of mouth, they go out and they bring other readers in. So I just wanted something that really showed the true side of what being an author was, being able for new authors to be able to see that paperback hustle, having readers be able to see how authors move and be able to sit down and talk to them and just really kick it with them and appreciate what they do and give them more. Mm-hmm. That is different. So what we're like going to do is – really um, nice. Yes, and so in the beginning, it's a networking. So in the beginning, it's going to be like networking. So everybody's going to get a little chance to kind of go from table to table, talk to everybody. And to me, that's like 31 flavors because you're going to get with an author that maybe you didn't know or maybe you do know, And but it's going to mm-hmm. be time to sit down. So you're going to be like, well, I'm going to get back with you at 4 o'clock. You spend the day with your favorite author that you chose to have lunch with. It's a sit-down lunch. It's a plated lunch. Mm-hmm. So you're like sitting down, you're eating, you're having a good time, you're all talking, with, and then you get to enjoy whatever that author is bringing just for y'all, just for the eight people at their table. You never know what the author is bringing. They may be bringing a sample of their next book. You know, they may be bringing books just for those eight people. You don't know, you know, whatever that author feels like they want to share with those eight people at their table. And then we're going to have, um, after we eat, we're going to have the panel and the um, panel and like the pep talk. I call it pep talk. So Felicia's going to give her um, her branding speech. And I don't know if everybody knows Felicia Hamilton, but if you don't, you need to make sure that you check her out. She does uh, this this. Um, Live every morning And it's like a motivational live And when she's talking She's really motivating And I want her to talk about branding I want her to talk about pushing your brand Because a lot of people need to get fired up About their pen Fired up about you know the, the industry Fired up about where they want to go to next And they need to have something to think about And chew on in that process So we're going to have uh Felicia Hamilton, fire everybody up. And then we're going to 
do a little more networking. Justin Q. Young, everybody who doesn't know who Q is, he is the author of Digmatize. He's also a graphic artist and a painter. So he's going to do like a paint and sip type session. So it's going to be a painting session. So you still are spending time with your favorite author. You're painting. You're having a good time. You're talking. You're learning. You're experiencing if you are an aspiring author or a already just a new author, even a, a seasoned author, and you have questions through that panel discussion, you get to ask all of these authors something about the industry that's going to help you. You have Blake Carrington, who used to have a bookstore. You might have distribution questions. A lot of these authors have actual distribution. Now, some people don't know exactly what distribution is, but some of these authors have actual distribution. So you get to ask those kinds of questions. They have their books in Target and Walmart. You get to ask them questions. Um, you get to ask them questions on being independent or being signed. Whatever question that you have to help you push your brand, you have these seasoned authors there that are able to share their experiences and drop jewels on you at the same time. So it's not only just a network event, um, but it's a time, intimate time to just spend in literature and really just have a good time. And then at 4.30, so, and then at, that ends about 4 o'clock, there'll be a little break, and then at 4.30, it'll be the book fair. The book fair is from 4.30 to 6, and it's free. So if you didn't get, uh, if you couldn't or you didn't get your ticket or whatever the case may be, but you still want to meet and greet with this author, you still want to get a book signed, you still want to buy books, no worries, you can still buy books for free. There's an entry fee for the book signing portion, that is 4.30 to 6, come in, and it's more like the traditional, I say wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, because, you know, traditional book signing tea, you go in, you don't really get a lot of time, you in, how you doing, my name is such such, and then it's okay, sign my book, what's your name, okay, pay me, okay, thank you, have a next day, next, you know, so you, you have that effect, nobody really has time to, they don't get that time to really sit down and enjoy the author, so I gave readers the ability to do both, and that's my 31 flavor feel. And then on Sunday there is a writing workshop, and those are that is for, and I'm going to say writing slash editing because I'm quite sure they will go over everything. But with that segment, it is a four. It's equivalent to a four week writing course. You're going to get all of that information in five hours, and they're going to talk about a wide variety of things within the industry, helping people sharpen their pen, push their pen to the next level, and that's going to be facilitated by Victoria Christopher Murray and Rashonda Tate Billingsley. They have this fabulous writer's um, course that they do, and that is going to be awesome. That is on Sunday. The time has changed. It, it was from 10 to 2. Now it's from 2 to 7. So from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m., you'll be in writing mode. You'll be getting information. Um, it's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome experience, awesome time in literature. I encourage everybody to come out and just enjoy it and kick back. A portion of the proceeds of that day uh, for the luncheon will go to when I grow up, which is a nonprofit um, business in 
uh, Columbus, Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, and she caters to the empowerment and the enrichment of young ladies. Um, I believe the ages are, I want to say the ages are 10 to 18, but I love the concept of her program because she really loves on the kids. And sometimes that's really all kids have. You know, parents are either working, if you have two parents, you know, so you don't sometimes kids miss that that time of getting loved on and there are a lot of stay at home dads nowadays so sometimes you just it's that feminine time to get together mhm that's true can you hear me now Leash? yes ma'am okay go to the coffee had to switch up my mic but i'm back but it sounds like the rundown that you gave our listeners is is something that you know it's a little different. You don't usually hear and see all the things that you share with them. So I'm excited to be a part of it, and I can't wait. Yes, and I and I wanted it to be different. I didn't want to do the same kind of event, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, that we always get. I wanted it to be unique, and I wanted it mm-hmm. to be um, just reflect of a reflection of how I feel about literature, and I do think that it should be like 31 Flavors. It's an intimate moment because you're sitting there. You're normally sitting there with your book. You're having that that time, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. all anything related to literature is just relaxing and enjoyable. So I wanted to express that in an event. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited. If you're interested in any of the information, you know, you can always check out Leisha's page, as well as mine, and I am posting it throughout social media. So make sure you're following us so that you can be up to date on everything uh, going on with the show, going on with the event, and just what's going on in literature because we try to keep everyone informed. And I say informed as well, Leach, when I'm doing the promoting because I come across so many interesting books and topics and authors. So it's a, it's a good thing to just follow and be on the good side of it, not all the drama. And just follow us and make sure you guys stay informed as well. Absolutely. So if you're in the Atlanta area, just come on out and hang with us. You can go to the Eventbrite and get your tickets. If you'd like to be a vendor at the event, we could do that as well. Uh, All vendor and um, sponsorship packages are available. You just send your request to writingroyaltypromotions at gmail.com. We appreciate you guys kicking in with us here on Let's Chat. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with our first guest, Willie L. Stewart. All right. Just Through. See, I'm out here hustling, oh, cause I find 
Uh, and then God kind of just kind of lifted me out of that funk. You know, I had a strong woman behind me, my wife of 27 years. Uh, and we got through it all. And through the grace of God, you know, I came through it. I got rated 100% by the VA. I had my long-term disability from work. And with all of those internal streams combined, I make the same sitting at home as I did as a registered nurse. So I'm able to still pursue my passions and everything. Uh, and I started back writing again uh, just this last year. Uh, but it was it was a really dark time a little bit after I had spoken to you guys when I got diagnosed and things had got, you know, really bad for me. Uh, but okay. since then, you know, thing, things have picked up really well. You know, uh, um, uh, I still have my agent and my lawyer. You know, they gave me the time that I needed to kind of recover from everything and, and to get back into the groove of stuff. And I've just been writing, writing, writing. I've been a writing machine right now. <laughs> uh, I have a... Uh, I have the series to my the 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 uh the uh sequel to my novel Tarnished. Uh and I'm I don't plan on doing a self release because I had a look from Random House on the last book, but I, because I had self published, uh they wouldn't bite on it. My lawyer was trying her best, uh, but she couldn't get them to move on it. But a senior uh executive was looking at it. Uh so uh, you know, I have a sequel that I'm getting to her, uh and it's really good. Uh, so hopefully, you know, they'll bite this time. If not, some other publisher probably will. Uh, I also wrote uh, a movie script based on the uh, book, and I have it budgeted and everything. And then I wrote a TV series based on the book and have about eight episodes written in already. And the reason I kind of moved in that direction is because I kind of hooked up with a very, very talented uh, film producer down here in uh, Clearwater, Florida. He's an award-winning indie director, film producer. Uh, his name is John Williams. And so I'm, I'm helping him with some of his projects as an executive producer right now. Uh, and then I'm just kind of patiently waiting and learning, you know, the game a little bit so that I can be prepared when we start getting on the set to do my uh, TV pilot for Tarnished. So things, things are looking up, but the multiple sclerosis kind of caught me off guard. I thought I had a, a muscle disorder, my entire life. That's what they diagnosed me with when I was in the military, and they misdiagnosed me. So uh, that's how that's why they're paying right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a lot of stuff since then. Mm-hmm. So well, what have you guys been up stuff. to? Yeah, yeah. What, is, what have you guys been up to? Well, you know, the ladies of last chat, we stay busy. This is Tony, and once again, Willie, thank you for joining us once again and sharing your, your not only your journey but your life because yeah, you never yeah. know what our listeners are going through because you may have just touched somebody that may be in a black spot, you know, as you were a little bit ago. So we thank you for sharing that with us. Well, something else I want to share with you because it, it may, you know, even touch someone else. Uh, at the time when I was coming through it, you know, not when I was, right in the middle of it, but as I was getting better and coming through it all, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but I claimed, I, I spoke claim to the fact that I was the first person to do a rap video promotion for a, for a book uh, back mm-hmm. when I released Tarnish back in 2013 or 14. I forget the exact date. It was right around, you know, the end of the year. Uh, and uh, so I, I went ahead and had the same guy uh, do me a uh, rap video I wrote the lyrics and everything, but we we did it as a public service announcement 
uh, for my multiple sclerosis. And it is a very, very cool uh, rap video uh, talking about multiple sclerosis. And it's using that beat. Uh, I don't know if you all remember uh, back in the day that song, It's Like a Jungle Sometimes. It makes you wonder how I keep from going under. Mm-hmm. I use the beat yep. from that. Yeah, I use the beat from that for uh, for multiple sclerosis. I'll put it in your inbox now. So if you, I don't know if you if during a commercial you might you know want to throw it out there or something. But uh, the uh, video is excellent. You know, I've had a lot of people tell me that it's kind of helped them uh, get through hard times and stuff. And then it also educates people on uh, multiple sclerosis because you know being a critical care nurse for 16 years and uh, cardiovascular ICU, neuro ICU, trauma ICU, all these different areas of ICU, and not once had I ever taken care of a multiple sclerosis patient. <laughs> My aunt had it, and I just thought, oh, that's the aunt that walked funny. You know, I never thought about multiple sclerosis in that way, you know, how it could affect me or anybody else, and then to experience it it actually kind of took me down a notch because I was doing speaking engagements, you know, once I uh, had got my agent and stuff and, and I'd been out to Houston. I spoke alongside my Haley, who was Alex Haley's uh, wife, you know, who wrote the, the miniseries Roots back in the day in the 70s. Well, his wife mm-hmm. was at a speaking engagement and I was part of that event and I spoke alongside her. And uh, so I was right in the middle of that stuff and I was talking about healthcare and all that kind of stuff. And so it was a pretty engaging speech, and people were liking it. But, um, you know, God kind of put me on a different path now. Once I, you know, kind of started getting better, I started being able to help other people there, you know, their Social Security claims and their claims with the VA and stuff like that. And so I think he just put more in my mind and in my heart to be able to talk about so that I can help more people out. You know, so, so you know, it's, it's been kind of a, a mixed blessing, but I claim it as a full blessing because everything is looking good now. You know, my writing has gotten much better. Uh, you know, work was nice, you know, it was, but it was getting harder and harder to work. And then finally I, I couldn't do it anymore. And, and um, you know, being able to still take care of my family and maintain my income and everything, that was just a blessing too. So, you know, having mm-hmm. a disease that's invisible, that people can't see, uh, and and being beat down kind of like that is, is a mixed blessing. But, it's all, you know, it's also something that, you know, gives me a little bit of a platform to be able to talk about, you know, and help other people with chronic illnesses that are invisible and stuff. So, because, you know, I don't look like I, I got, you know, anything. <laughs> Until uh-huh. you see me walking in, it looks like I'm walking like I'm drunk or something or or I'm, I'm falling or stumbling or something like that. So, but right. I, I dropped that video in your inbox there, uh, uh, Alicia. So you can take a look at it and, and see it there. And that is actually me. There's no Photoshop on my legs or nothing like that. That was actually a year before I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. My wife and I were doing two a day workouts. You know, we were you know on this health kick and everything. And my doctor said, if not for me working out so much and having my legs so well developed, one of the falls that I had would have probably left me completely crippled because I tore so many ligaments in my knee. So, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah it's, been a, it's been a journey, but, you know, it's doable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out there doing my thing and helping out people less fortunate than me, you know, and trying to do my thing. And then now my, my wife and I are kind of working together. We're kind of using some of that 27-year chemistry you know, to do this little show that we're doing, because we always are cracking each other up with, you know, jokes and different stuff that we're seeing online and Facebook and stuff. 
So we was like, you know, we got this camera and this green screen. Let's just do our own little show. Everybody's doing stuff now, and, you know, you know why not try something? And we got a, got some pretty good reception from it, and, and so we're going to, you know, we got good comments from people, so we're coming back and going to keep on doing it until people get bored from seeing us. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Now, Willie, this is Tony, and uh, once hey, again, Tony. you have kids. So, hey, you have shared so much um, with us, and I just want to go back just a second to your 16 years as a critical care nurse. Now, I'm uh-huh. sure in those 16 years, you must have seen and, um, you know, got acquainted with so many patients that were on maybe their dark side. And it's interesting that you said you never came across one with MS. Now, do you right, think? Right. do you think or do you feel that you came across a patient and, and was in a dark spot that you was able to help them? And if so, how do you feel about regressing into your dark spot? Is there some type of parallel there? That's interesting that um, you you felt that. So many, yeah, that yeah many, times, many times I've come across that. I've actually talked some people down off of the ledge in a, in a, in a uh, you know, in a sense like that, you know, not to, not literally off of a ledge, but uh, there have right. been many times that I've talked to people who have been in that same particular dark spot. Uh, being in it yourself is completely different. Let me tell you that right now. If you've never been there, trust me, you do mm-hmm. not want to be there because if you don't have the support, I, I, I literally watched a Facebook friend go from his dark spot to death within a few weeks. Uh, his wife is still on my Facebook friends list right now. Uh, but I noticed his the pattern of what he was commenting. He was reaching out. I tried to reach out to him through Facebook, but he wasn't really responding there. He wasn't answering mm-hmm. calls and everything. He was an illustrator on my comic book uh, prior to, and that's why we never released it. I lost, lost him uh, as part of that. Um, but he, you know, went to this dark place, and I don't know what was going on in his personal life because we didn't have that type of intimate connection where he was willing to share that with me. Uh, mm-hmm. So I tried to be there as much as I could, but, you know, he ended up uh, committing suicide, and, and oh. that was that. Uh, but, you know, it's, 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 I've been there to help other people, you know, and, and I've mm-hmm. seen it. Uh, I've been there as a spiritual advisor, uh, I've been there as a friend. Uh, I've been there as a a, a cohort, uh, associate, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. to be there in your own space, uh, it's mm-hmm. a scary it's a scary spot. You know, you really, you know, at 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 times you don't know if you're going to make it. No matter how strong your religious ties and religious beliefs are, uh, if you believe in the devil, that's a spot where he really has a stranglehold on you, and your religious beliefs have to really, really be deeply rooted. And if you don't have the religious beliefs, then you definitely have to have the support systems around you that are willing to help guide you through that. And because it's hard, you know, they don't, you know, and they don't know what to do a lot of the times. That's why they have those hotlines and stuff like that, uh, especially for veterans and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I was in that dark spot and, and, you know, basically for me, the way I came out of it was, you know, I had the time in in my marriage. Uh, I had the time in with my spiritual spirituality. Uh, and uh-huh. it was just a matter of, you know, just uh, just re 
evaluating everything. And that's what people go through. They go through an evaluation period, like, is this worth it? Is this worth it? Is it going to be better off this? Will people be better? So people that do it are not necessarily cowards. I see that so many times that people say, oh, they committed suicide and they're cowards and they're leaving their... No, these people have gone through a serious evaluation about whether or not what they're going to do is going to be better for the people around them or, or not. You know, they're not really thinking about themselves okay. so much. They're thinking about, you know, I'm here miserable causing everybody else to be miserable, you know, so that's mm-hmm. what people go through, you know, and, and you still, even with chronic uh, illnesses, you hit those dark spots a lot of times, but I have coping mechanisms now and ways of dealing with it that I didn't have at the very beginning. You know, because I was okay. on top of the world at the beginning. You know, I was an athlete from high school on up till now. You know, and, you know, I, was, I could stand and dunk a ball. You know, run a four or five forty. That's what it says in that video there. And uh, you know, to have that all taken away from you in an instant, and not be able to be, do that, and not have the strength, not have the stamina, uh, not be able to tolerate the heat, the sun. You know, I live in the sunshine state. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I have a cooling vest now. So I got stuff that helps me cope with, you know, different things that were taken away uh, that, you know, that, you know, under other circumstances might be difficult to deal with. But uh, it took it mm-hmm. took some time, you know, as doing it your own self and having to deal with it your own self as opposed to helping other people through it. It's a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you once again. This is Tony again, really. You know, mm-hmm. based on what you have gone through, and 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 having to have lost that that previous income and going through your dark spot, but it sounds like and that it has just strengthened you. And just listening to you, it has given me a a better understanding of what it means to to be in such a dark spot, and that's a total total life change. And you had to find it within yourself to to pick yourself up and carry on, like you said, to provide for your family, your wife, your children, if you have any. But it also allows you really to start working on the project that you just listed to us at the top of the show, like the movie script, the TV series. You know, you're looking at all these different things, whereas do you feel you would have gotten to this point in your life uh, I would have probably, I would have been years down the this? road. Yeah, I would have been years down the road doing some of this stuff. Like, for instance, since I've been home, uh, I've started writing a sci-fi series. Um, uh, uh, and it's based in the year 2245. So I actually did genealogy on my own with my character from Tarnished and pushed his mm-hmm. lineage forward uh, all of those years so that the character, the lead character in this book, who is going to kind of be, uh, an anti-hero as well, but he's not going to be a serial killer. He's going to be kind of a good guy, but he starts off bad at first. Uh, but in this sci-fi series, he finds out that he's, his lineage is tied back to this character from the previous book, but I'm two books into the series already. Uh, and then, I, like I said, I wrote the, the, the uh, sequel to Tarnish. I've written several fan fictions for Tarnish that I haven't released yet because one thing that, I, that I've done as an author, and I don't know if you guys remember this back then, but I wrote a couple of short stories that, that, that I wasn't using to try to get Amazon rankings or anything like that. I used those as promotional giveaways in my children's mm-hmm. book and my other book. So whenever I was ready to release uh, Tarnished or doing something to Tarnished to keep it high in the rankings, I would do a promotional giveaway of one of my short story books. And then 
Amazon starts promoting you that way because they say, you know, whoever, the people who like this also like this, that sort of thing. You know, and so that's kind mm-hmm. of the kind of stuff I was trying to do back then is give some of the game away on how to how to win at, at playing Amazon, basically, is, you know, you mm-hmm. got to have material out there and then you got to give some stuff away in order to get attention and get awareness so that your main projects get noticed, you know. So uh, I wrote mm-hmm. several fan fictions. I've, I've written several webisodes that we plan on, well, I plan on filming at some point while I'm down here in uh, uh, Tampa uh, once we get started on some of my projects, we're actually going to be working on one of John's projects, which is a phenomenal um, uh, project called Planet X. If you Google the word Planet X, it's based in some some um, some mythology that's out there uh, about the mm-hmm. Mayan times and, and about some different stuff uh, happening around. And I don't want to give too much of it away. But if you Google Planet X and and the mythology that's surrounding all of that, this movie is going to just shock everybody. He has a clip out there on his uh, uh, web page. I'll put that in your inbox for later uh, so you can share it with people if you want to. Uh, But Planet X, when he starts working on that, uh, he has a a little short film called Detached that he's about to start working on now that I'm going to be assisting with, uh, which uh, will be done probably within the next couple of months here. Uh, And then after that, Mm -hmm. we're working on Planet X, and that's going to be the big one. Uh, that is going to be a feature-length uh, film. So uh, I'm I'm really excited about the movie stuff. Uh, and then once we get those kind of in pocket, you know, we'll start working on the TV series. Uh, we may even be uh, uh, con- uh, concurrently working on some of it, at least with starting to get casting and all of that stuff done for it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's some exciting stuff. You know, able to take a different path. Uh, I'm still, you know, going to, I'm going to be doing the uh, children's book series. I actually have never released a Christmas book for some reason. I just keep not releasing it. Uh, cause it was the Christmas mm-hmm. right before I went out of work mm-hmm. and all of this happened that it was supposed to come out and all of this happened. So the next year I didn't release it. And then now this year I was supposed to release it this past Christmas and I just couldn't, something in me was just blocking me from letting that book go. You know, yeah, I still got the children's Christmas book sitting on the shelf, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. But you know, really, this is Tony once again. They you are the epitome of what it means when one door closes, so many have opened up for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm praying, man. We're a praying family, you know, and a lot of time, you know, in this day and age, a lot of people don't believe. Or, or they're not, you know, strong in their faith and stuff like that. And, and it really, you know, I don't know if you guys remember back in the first interview uh, when I told you about my wife going blind, I did a guest uh, post on the Urban Link, which is uh, owned by the Hype Magazine, the number one digital magazine in the world. The uh, editor-in-chief is a friend of mine named Jerry Doby. Uh, but his, uh-huh. his website, the Urban Link, I did a guest post on there called He Took Away Her Sight So I Could See. Uh, so if mm-hmm. you type those exact words in Google, my article will pop up. It'll be the first thing that pops up if you type in "he took away her sight so I could see," uh, and mm-hmm. that exp- that shows how deep our faith goes, even back from uh, I think it was '98 when that happened, when she went blind, and we, you know, after all of the drama that she had to go through with testing and everything over the whole state of Alabama, and nobody mm-hmm. being able to figure out anything, we resigned ourselves to the fact that she was going to be blind for the rest of her life. And we moved on, 
you know, and went home and started rearranging ourselves and, and doing what we needed to do. And then the miracle happened one day while I was sitting there reading to him. You know, it's all explained in that story. And her sight came back, mm-hmm. you know, and so nobody can tell me miracles don't happen. So uh, when this happened yes. to me, I went into that dark space and, and you know, we prayed and I had to get myself out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have definitely had, you have definitely had testimony to so many so many great things, and uh, really, before you leave the chat room, you know, and thank you once again, just for just being so open and just sharing your life and your journey with us, because like I said, you never know who's listening and who may be touched, but I want to ask you a, a really fun question before you before you leave the chat room, because um, tonight okay. you're going to be my superhero, but I'm, a, I'm on this superhero kick, and um, I love asking our guests, if you were a superhero... What would you be, and what would your powers be, and why? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> I'd be a superhero <laughs> that everybody has called me since I was a kid, Baby Hulk. <laughs> oh, Baby Hulk? Yeah, Baby Hulk. Baby Hulk. Oh. Yeah. And back then, it was always because I was angry, I was strong, I was big, I could fight. You know, I, you know, it was because I just had this rage that was always in me. Now I think it's because I don't let anything beat me down. I'm strong in other ways now. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it still fits, even with this MS. I'm beating that back, and I won't be beat down. The the worse it gets, the stronger I'm going to get. You know, so, and that's what happens with the Hulk, you know, in the comic books. The angrier he gets, the stronger he gets. So the worse something is trying to beat me down, the stronger I'm going to get and start beating it back. So I think it's it, mm-hmm. it, it works for me from childhood all the way up through adulthood. <laughs> so you, you picked awesome. the perfect question for me. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad now, you Now, Willie, this that. is Lisa. I have a, before you slide out of the chat room, I do have a, a question for you. Because you talked uh-huh. about having MS. But for those who don't know what MS is, can you school everybody a little bit about MS? Yes, exactly how uh, how it works. I'll take a couple seconds. Um, MS stands for multiple sclerosis. Uh, It is the disease that damages the myelin around the nerves. So I have damage in the brain, the cervical area, which is your neck, and the thoracic area, which is your chest area. So to, to give you an example of how it works, if you think of an electrical cord that has insulation around it, if you break a spot in that cord and you touch it, you get shocked, right? So what happens in your body, the electrical cord is all the nerves that are in your body. Uh, the multiple sclerosis is the disease or the, the proteins that eat away at that electrical cord. So now you've got electricity that can escape to different places in your body. So it can make you stumble. It can make you feel like ants are crawling all over your body. It can make you feel extremely hot sometimes. Uh, it can make your memory a little bit shaky sometimes uh, uh, there's anything nerve-wise that can happen uh, with multiple sclerosis, it can happen. Uh, my hands feel like I have Mickey Mouse gloves on, so I, you know, I wasn't able to start IVs like I used to start them. You know, I would try to start an IV, and I couldn't hold the needle the right way. Uh, so uh, multiple sclerosis, there's no cure for it. It's a progressive disease. It gets progressively worse. You know, there's nothing that can cure it. Uh, the only thing you can do is slow it down, and I had an excellent neurologist, Dr. Edmund Grant, uh, down here in in, in uh, Tampa, Florida, and he got me on one of the best medications that are out there. It's, it, the medicine costs sixty thousand dollars a year. It's called Tecfidera, uh, and it's a pill. 
uh, so I don't have to take the shots. I don't have to do the IV stuff, you know, that a lot of people have to do. You'll read some stuff about people going through drama with uh, uh, getting medicine that can make them sick, just like how chemotherapy can make you sick. So I was blessed to get on one of the best medicines out there with one of the best doctors. It costs a lot, but we had great insurance. Um, and, you know, and it, and it's, it works, you know, because in the very beginning, I was on a really steep downward spiral with what was happening to me. You know, my abilities were starting to go very quickly. You know, I was stumbling, falling, uh, couldn't, couldn't feel stuff the right way. My vision was affected some. Uh, and when I got on that medication, it stopped everything kind of in its tracks. Uh, so I was blessed to be able to do that and, and stop it instead of it continuing, you know, the way it was going. Um, and if you think about, you know, how that happens to some people without insurance and everything, uh, and the bad thing about it is it's an invisible disease. You don't see it because everything is happening with your nerves. So, you know, mm-hmm. I can get out of a handicapped spot at Walmart and I get all kind of ugly looks at me, you know, and I, I had, you know, sometimes I have to over-exaggerate my stumbling. I'm like, okay, y'all, you know, if you don't look at me, let me just stumble a little bit so you can see <laughs> this is real. You know? So I got my cane with me and everything, but you know, I get dirty looks all the time. I go to get one of their little carts and they're like, why are you riding? You know, so I got my own little scooter now. I ride mine and it's faster than theirs. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. yeah, so it's, it, you know, it's, it's horrible, but there's some perks to it. You know, I get in the front of the line at stuff. You know, when I go fly, you know, they let me on the plane first. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, you know, I take, I take advantage of all my little benefits. I go to Disney World and I get the fast pass plus disability stuff. So, you know, I try to look at the good side of it as, you know, as opposed to just looking at it as this horrible incurable disease you know that that people look at you and spite you because you look normal you know I still look as big as I look I was in shape when I got into this you know and and I'm you know trying to do what I can to stay in shape so you know Mm -hmm. people don't understand it until you know they see you stumbling or they see that I have braces on my knees from falling and tearing my knees up you know so you know it's it's a hard thing you know and one, I just want to give one, 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 one other, two, two other shout outs. I'm going to shout out to my wife because uh, she might, I think she might be listening because we are going to be doing our recording our second show tonight. Uh, and then also a shout out to my mother, uh, Dr. Rosina Harris. She just got married December 3rd. Uh, you know, my step, my, well, my adopted father died uh, several years ago. And uh, so she finally uh, remarried. And his name is Leon Harrison. He's a great guy. I'm glad I you know, got to meet him and everything. And they are just the cutest couple and stuff. So I just want to give a shout out to her and any of her church and everybody that's listening and stuff. This is the show to listen to. Make sure y'all are listening to Let's Chat. This is the second time I've been on here. And they are some excellent people. So then. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate that, Willie. Thank you, Willie. Yes, we do. We appreciate you. And I thank you for coming on and sharing your your energy, sharing your experience and your testimony with us here on Let's Chat. You know, you are always welcome back anytime. We appreciate Mm -hmm. you. Appreciate you. Before you head out of the chat room, can you shout out your social media before you go? Yeah, uh, you can... Uh, well, I like everybody to start following me and my wife on our new um, uh, show that we're going to be doing, uh, and, it, and it's not um, a, a sh- like a show show like everybody else. We're doing something a little different. 
Uh, we're both registered nurses, so we did a double entendre on the the initials RN, registered nurse, and we're calling our mm-hmm. show Ridiculous News from Registered Nurse Studios. So it's RN, RN Studios. Uh, and so if we have a Facebook page, and it's uh, uh, RN-RN-Studio, I think it is. If you type RN space, RN space studio in Facebook, we should come up. Uh, I have a silver suit on, and she has uh, a nice uh, – uh, hold on here. She, yeah, she has on a black shirt and wearing her long uh, African braids uh, there. And you see our titles on there, Willie Stewart, RN, and then her title – uh, a long title, Shannon Stewart, BSN, RN, CCRN, and she's mm-hmm. going to be graduating from a master's degree program in about another year and three months uh, to be a nurse practitioner. So uh, mm-hmm. just she'll have some more initials behind her name and be able to see patients then and get out from the out from inside the hospital to outside the hospital. So, awesome. but uh, yeah, it's it's really really interesting, and we try to be you know try to leave some of our uh, funniness out there that we enjoy from each other out there for everybody else. So, mm-hmm. wow, well, you keep doing what you're doing, Willie, because you know you 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 inspire so many, and uh, I'm sure our listeners have been inspired by your testimony. And like we said, you know you are welcome here on Let's Chat anytime. So we wish you all the best on your new journeys. All right. Thank you very much for having me again. And y'all make sure you go look at RN, RN Studios. That's Willie Stewart and Shannon Stewart. Ridiculous news from registered nurses. We're going to find the craziest news from around the world and give our little comedic take on it and, and, and make sure that y'all are having some fun with us. Okay. We absolutely, absolutely. have a great evening. <laughs> All right. Y'all too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I love having him on the show, just his energy. I didn't know he was mm-hmm. going through so much. So just to hear him be able to come and share his testimony with us here on Let's Chat is awesome. We're going to take a brief break, and then we will be back with the fabulous Champagne Couture. Okay.
Grab your tickets today. Viva's Luncheon and Literature Eat and Greet. March 4th, 2017 at Atlanta Airport, Marriott Gateway from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. For sponsorship opportunities, contact writingroyaltypromotions at gmail.com. We are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Leisha. You know, I'm here with my right-hand girl right here, the fabulous Miss Tony. We have the author, Champagne Couture. Now, when we first had her on the show, T, remember, she was just an author. Now she is an author and a publisher. She got so much going on. I can't wait to have her in here to just mm-hmm. let us know what's going on in her world. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you, ladies? We are good. Welcome back to the chat room, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you are more than welcome. Okay, you got to get us up to speed on what's been going on in your world because you got so many great things going on. Yes, ma'am. I'm I'm trying over here, you know. Well, last time we spoke, um, I was I – I don't even think – was my book out yet? Yeah, my book was out. I just released my first book, and I signed to a publishing company, and I was just learning the business, and you ladies really helped me. I think I reached out to you guys um, a couple times afterwards just because I really appreciated the advice, and I really appreciated mm-hmm. you both being very open to helping someone who is coming into the world, and that's really what we all need to be doing, helping each other, right? So that inspired mm-hmm. me to take what I was learning and teach it to other people as I'm learning it. So, um, you know, things happened with my publishing company and I ended up making a decision to start my own company. And that was a process in itself. And that is a process that I do wish to share with other aspiring authors. um, Because not only do I want to show people that they can do this, I mean, people in any field, people who have never written a book, I just, if they're interested, if this is something that they feel in their heart that they want to do, I want to be that catalyst that gets them from that dream to reality. So that's what I've been doing mm-hmm. now. And I've been working with my goddaughter, Miss um, Fit Chick. <laughs> and she is an excellent writer, even more so than me. And she has a great following and she's really my inspiration. So as long as you know, I have the ability to learn so that I could teach her and other people. I'm happy. And that's what I've been doing. And I'm just so blessed. So, well, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. And now when you first came on the show, you were just, you were, that was your first book. You were just starting out. Tell us how your pen has changed. How has it grown from your last book to this book now? I think um, now I've learned how to better develop characters that resonate with real people. Like a lot of times with writing, we tend to let our imagination, I mean, you're supposed to let your imagination take over and get a little wild. But um, I didn't, what I've, one thing that I've changed or kind of learned from was using the characters to you know, relate to real individuals so that the person reading can learn something and take that something back into their life instead of it just being something that's purely entertaining. Now, it's still entertaining, don't get me wrong, but um, I've delved a lot more into the psyche of things and kind of trying to shift people's paradigms with ideas instead of just writing some fire or writing something that's, you know, know, good drama-filled. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and also just the writing process in general. You know, it's changing. It changes for me. I'm still growing, and I know from this, from the first book to the second book to my next books, it's gonna change. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about the business because I can see my growth. I can always go back to my first book and see how I've grown throughout time. So. Yeah, I, I I I thrive on just being able to see that journey and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Now, tell us a little bit about your 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 current book. Well, I actually um my second book will be coming out February 14th, and it is the sequel to the first book. Um, dreams of a bad B word. Can I say that word on here? Yes, ma'am. You sure can. Okay. You wrote it. You better I say that. You had. That's some coin. You better say that word with pride. Conversations mm-hmm. of FCC regulated. I just wanted to. I didn't want to get anybody in trouble. But yes, dreams of a bad bitch. So that is the. Um, <laughs> I like how she said that. Like, go on and get that. <laughs> yeah, go, go and cop that. You know. I um you know, I didn't like I didn't like the title or anything at first, I'll be honest, you know. Um that I, I had a lot of pressure from the publishing company to produce something that would draw, you know, attention in the crowd. But my intentions behind drawing that crowd and that attention are a little different. And I've learned in my second book how to present those ideas even more. So in the second in the first book you see this character who um this young lady who has no guidance. She she was orphaned at birth, and you you see her kind of struggling through life. And in the second book, you'll see her kind of come out of that, and you'll you'll see her grow. She grows like a butterfly, I swear. And you'll you know there'll still be some things that she has to overcome, but you see the journey. You see the journey, and, and I think it's important that people kind of see those steps too, because we all feel lost along the way or we get discouraged and you know hopefully this will be some inspiration to my readers or whoever you know to keep going to mm-hmm. to keep pushing forward no matter what mm-hmm. that's so true um, and this is Tony because you know uh, you can look around in any society and see our youth and, and wonder if they do have that guidance because based on some of the actions that you see they do need a guidance, and if they can look into a book and kind of see themselves and see the steps that your character took, you know, you never know who it may touch. Yes. Now, I'm not claiming to be, you know, this uh, good role model, and I know everything that's right and perfect, but Mm -hmm. my intentions are good and honest, (laughs) and I Mm -hmm. really feel like, um, I really feel like inspiring and sparking that fire in the youth. I want to encourage them to become writers or to at least become avid readers because even if it's just reading for entertainment, the act of reading itself opens worlds. It opens your mind. It makes you more able to receive new ideas. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it improves the quality of life, period. Um, And that's what what it's really about. I just, I think that that'll be a start to the youth being able to come out of this I don't know what to call it, but you know how it seems like each generation gets worse and worse, and now this mm-hmm. newest generation is just so horrible. Or how whatever people say, I'm just saying how generalizations. But 
you know, maybe this will be something that will give them something to look forward to. And also a way to make money. You can be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. with this. This is residual income. If you want to take it there, if, it, if your love is not in writing and you just want to make a dollar, you can do that through this. Mm-hmm. It is possible. So whatever angle, whatever angle, but mm-hmm. we're going to make it. We, we got to create some leaders for our community, show people that they can do it. Because I think all we see on TV and through the media or through our surrounding is us not doing anything for ourselves mm-hmm. or for each other. And, right. and that's not that's that's, that's not it. That's not what 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 people are all about. I'm not just talking mm-hmm. about African Americans. I'm talking about people in general. But I'm an African American mm-hmm. woman, so of course that's my group that I'm gonna work resonate with more. So mm-hmm. my that's young lady, almost. and it's also good to see people that look like you, look like us to kind of succeed and, and let us know that it can be done. But I also mm-hmm. want to touch on something you said as far as reading and um, writing. You know, you can open up a book, and it can pretty much take you anywhere in the world. And that's one thing I love about reading, that you can, no matter what it is, any genre that you may read, it just yeah. expands your, your horizon, your knowledge about other places. Even if it isn't a book, it'll take away from your whatever you may be going through at that time, and just yes. enjoy reading about places and people. I agree. Now, this is one thing that I've been kind of going back and forth with. Well, I think it's going to be a good idea. Um, how would you read a book outside of your normal genre if characters who you were already familiar with were, if their story was being told through another genre? Like uh, maybe Chase. Dior, which is the main character in my book, maybe she, uh, I don't know, somehow later down the line ends up in a sci-fi type situation, and that's what the book classifies as, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I just wonder mm-hmm. how. I, I, wonder I how, would. Um, I, I, I would, think, because I think that's people, taking you to a different level. That's what I think, too. And, and that's why I want to encourage that type of writing, character-based writing, where the characters can be in any situation so that we can get people. I was in um, Target today. I'm, I don't mean to keep jumping around, but I'm a little excited. But this is funny because I was just <laughs> in Target today. And I was looking uh-huh. at the book section, and there was no African-American section or no urban section, whatever you want to call the section where there are African-American authors or books about African-American characters, there was none. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't know why that is. It could be because a lot of the times in urban literature, the covers are a little raunchy or not child appropriate, or you know, the titles may be a little, you know, mm-hmm. just not PG thirteen. I'm not sure, right. but it just it make it always makes me wonder, and I just really hate seeing that division because I always wonder too, mm-hmm. even on Amazon, why is there an African American category? Why is that? What is that? Is mm-hmm. that the category for African-American authors, or mm-hmm. is that a category for books about African-American characters? Because mm-hmm. m- most books about African-American characters are written by African-American people. I don't know. Right. Maybe I think too much about stuff, but I it, I was a little bothered to see that in, in, in uh, Target. So it just made me think, as a publisher, I have to be able to market my author's books different types of people I might have the same interior file but I'm going to have to change the cover and the title up a little bit you know and those kind mm-hmm. of things but require you know, planning and money 
you know, so mm-hmm. it just opened my mind up to the depth of what I have to do also now as a publisher, because I'm not just a writer creating the content. I'm also controlling other people's careers now. That's something that we talk about a lot here on Let's Chat, because not every cover, not every title can be placed in a store like Target or Walmart or something like that because of, and I'm using the word loosely, the ratchetness of, of both, if not, you know, one or not both, the title as well as the, the cover. And you can't just display that, and that does mess with your coin, so you have to kind of keep that in the back of your mm-hmm. mind, not mm-hmm. to say that, what you know, they can't use what they want to use, but you got to look at marketability and see where, how far your, your, your book can go. And how many yep. it can mm-hmm. reach, how many people it can reach. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And then I have a question. This is Leisha. Well, not even a question. I just want you to talk a little bit about, because you've been on both sides. You've been signed to a publishing company, and now you have a publishing company with authors. Can you talk a little bit about the difference um, of being signed to someone and being able to just control your own because there is a difference when you're signed to a publishing mm-hmm. company they have their own schedule their own rules you can you have to write according to whatever it is their their schedule is but when you have mm-hmm. your own company it's a little bit different can you just talk a little bit about that yeah well because my goal is to work with um aspiring authors as far as deadlines and certain contractual things, it's very loose. Um, uh, coming from being the author to the publisher, um, it's interesting to see <clears throat> just because it's more. It's <laughs> Go ahead, on, spit it out. You all, let's chat, girl. Put your feet up. Get your little red cup. Spit it on out. <laughs> oh, I know. I can Thank you. Can you pour me a drink? So, like. <laughs> You know, I gotta get comfortable. I'm sorry, y'all. But um, there is a difference. I forgot the question. (laughs) The difference between um, now that you have a publishing company, but being an author and being signed to one. Can you just talk about that? Yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah, one thing too, like with my with the company that I was signed to, we had a lot of leeway. Um, we didn't get a we didn't have a lot of um. We didn't have fifth deadlines, um, and we had say in what our cover looked like, and there wasn't a lot of creative input from the publishing side. So we kind of got to do what we wanted to do a little bit. It, it was good and it was bad. It was good because it didn't hold you down, but it was bad because as a person just coming in the game, you need to understand the repercussions of choices you make and how you present your book or or. All of that, everything, because it's all you. It's your brand, even though you're signed under another person. Having my own thing, of course, that is just awesome because I can do what the heck I want. I can put, I can make my interior files however I want. If I have a vision, I don't have to deviate from that. Um, and that's why I encourage other authors to run your own stuff. You don't need me to publish you. You can do this yourself. But there are people who prefer to just be writers and deal with creative content. And in that case, then I understand, yes, signing with a publisher. But 
there, there's a big difference, and I'm loving the um, the, the bossness of uh, having my own. But there is a lot of responsibility with that too, because now I have to take into consideration my money coming in and out, how I'm doing my marketing, um, making sure I'm having copyrights and um, editing is done and covers are done all at the same time, being in unison. You know, just there is a lot more to manage, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Totally. That is so awesome. Now, before you leave out of the chat room, we always do fun questions. Um, So I'm going to give you one. If you can write an anthology and you can have any three authors in that anthology, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Oh, okay. Um, Octavia Butler, that is my ultimate favorite sci-fi author. I love her. Um, Robert Greene And I know that sounds strange right Y'all know who Robert Greene is He wrote 48 Laws of Power mm-hmm. I, I just like how his mind worked a little bit And I think that he would bring Just that uh, You know how a lot of the times that antagonistic Force is like real Omnious and like Just so evil to the Deepest level I think he can go there Y'all got to listen to the 48 Laws of Power. You know how the voice is on it. It's kind of creepy, you know but what? it's good. I this is it. how you know a reader, though. This is how you know a reader. Because readers are passionate. They are emotional. And when you get an author that just hit that nerve, like you just like, oh, my God, let me tell you about that pen. It just really <laughs> comes out because I felt that. I felt like I needed to go one click, another one of his books. <laughs> girl, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, girl, yes. Oh, let me think who else. I'm going to have to go with Shannon Holmes, you know, representing mm-hmm. Baltimore. Got to keep it home. You know, I, I think we would definitely relate. I think he would help bring out some of the ideas I have. And I just think he's an awesome writer. So, yeah, we That's all of us selection. do our thing together. Good selection. Something out of this world, I think. I think that was a good question. Thank you for asking me that question. <laughs> we try to do what we can do here on this chat. We appreciate you coming into the chat room and kicking in with us. I want you to shout out all of your social media um, as well as the name of your company. If it has a website, make sure you shout out your website for your company so people can head over there and check it out and your next book that you have or your current book that you have out. Well, my current book is Dreams of a Bad Bitch. Part two, I can't say the title yet, but it will be out February 14th, the sequel mm-hmm. to Dreams of a Bad Bitch, so that'll be my second one. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat as Champagne the Author. You can find my company on Facebook and Instagram as Tell Our Vision Publishing. I have a story behind that name, too, and I mean, it's it kind of is self-explanatory, right, tell our vision. But that's what we're doing, y'all. We're telling our vision. So tell our vision publishing. Um, and the website for tell our vision publishing is tovpublishing.com. And the website for Champagne the Arthur is champagnetheauthor.com. But it's best to just follow me on Instagram, Champagne the Arthur. Television publishing. Thank you, ladies, so much. I really appreciate it. I love coming in the chat room. I cannot wait to come back. And I, I hope. Well, I know y'all gonna love my little boo coming on next. Go, baby. 
Jesus Luncheon and Literature Eat and Greet, March 4th, 2017 at Atlanta Airport, Marriott Gateway from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. For sponsorship opportunities, contact writingroyaltypromotion at gmail.com. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. We just had a fabulous interview with two great authors, Willie L. Stewart and Champagne Couture. Now we have Miss Thick Girl in here. This is her first interview, and she is gracing us here on the chat room. Hey, how are you? Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the chat room. Thank you. It's good to be here. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey and your work. Well, um, my name is Tana Love, but when I write, I go by Mystic Girl. Um, I've been writing since I've been in the third grade, but I officially published my writing online when I was in about the seventh grade. So far, I write like mainly fan fictions, but I am working on something original that I can publish. Oh, wow. Awesome. Now, for everybody that doesn't know what a fan fiction is, can you explain what fan fiction is? Yes, a fan fiction is when you write something based on something that already exists. So my fan fictions are usually about the Joker. So it's a DC comic fan fiction about Batman. Girl, you done said the magic word. You know, T oh. love her some superheroes. T love her some superheroes. <laughs> now, what wow. made you want to write fan fictions about DC characters? Well, um, this happened recently. It happened like the beginning of last year, but it was my first time watching The Dark Knight, and I became obsessed with the Joker because Heath Ledger did an amazing job, and I decided to. <laughs> make my own story about it. And that's how that all mm-hmm. started. Wow, that sounds like so much fun. Oh my goodness. It is. <laughs> now I'm not sure yeah. this is Tony Mr. I'm not sure the Joker has a bigger fan than you. What just what was it about the Joker that you just loved about him? <laughs> Oh, I loved how unpredictable his character was, and I loved how complicated it was to get his character down on paper. Like, before I actually published my stuff for other people to read, it took me a really, really long time. Like, I watched the movies, like, I I could say maybe, like, over 100 times just to get the character right because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to mess up such a good character. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what uh, what what can we expect in this fan um, fiction book about the Joker? What are some of the things that you are bringing that DC might have not, might not be bringing? Um. Hmm. <laughs> well. Oh my gosh. Take your time, honey. Put your feet up. Grab you a red <laughs> cup. We don't discriminate. We don't care what's in your little red cup. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
with the Joker fan fiction. It's not really what's going to be published, but um, I finished the first book already. And what's in that is kind of like, um, I could say that it everything takes place like after the Dark Knight, but before the Dark Knight Rises. So mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of has like this place that well most of the fan fictions that I read doesn't really take place in. Like there is some that has it, but it's not really like planned out the way that. I have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Explain it. Yes, it is. So this is your first book um, with with the publishing company, and you're you're getting yourself out here. You having interviews now. If we were sitting here this mm-hmm. time next year talking about the things that you accomplished in 2017, what are some of those things we'll be talking about? Well, I'm hoping to, by then I'm hoping to have, like, maybe more than this book that I'm working on published. Like, maybe it's, like, the book that I plan on publishing. It's called mm-hmm. it's called The Valentine's Heartstone. Maybe I could have, like, something else added to that, maybe make, like, a series out of it and just be talking about how how it is, like, con- how it's, like, a continuation and how, like, amazing the books are and how many people love them. I just want to be out there by then. So maybe Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people can know who I am. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, I'm sure they will be. This is Tony. Uh, And, you know, I'm going to stick with the superhero theme of my interview, (laughs) Lee. Now, I'm I'm so fascinated by by this now. You've written this. It's it's kind of a fun question. With your knowledge, because you seem to have so much knowledge of Mr. Joker, if you were to write uh, a love interest for him, how would she be? Tell us about her. A love interest. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> well, since my fans, since like my Joker interest? fan fiction, um, mm-hmm. well, realistically, no, I don't. <laughs> but uh-huh. in, in, in my fan fiction, the main character in the fan fiction, her name is Anaya Bluebell, and that actually uh-huh. is his love interest in the book. Oh. But it's not it's not like you know of course it's not mutual because it's the joker and this character right. doesn't want anything to do with any like with him so mm-hmm. it's insane but i, I, I think it. if i think if like the joker actually did have a love interest and it was both mutual i would say that mm-hmm. like it would have to be a character that would be like harley quinn because you wouldn't mm-hmm. have to have a character that would be insane enough to love him. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. <laughs> and you have to have a strong personality too. Yeah. <laughs> With a touch of wit. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Now, do you think that you would type write any other like a different genre? Um, what what other avenue would you think your pen would direction your pen would take? Um, I think that. I could do really well in science fiction, actually, but I haven't really written anything science fiction based, like, a full, it's been, like, short stories so far. It hasn't been, like, a full, like, chapter type thing. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, it's, like, the thing, it's, like, because every time, like, I read, like, Ender's Game or, like, Percy Jackson and Olympians, it gets me, like, it, it really inspires me to write stuff like that, but it's, like, I don't know where to start at the moment. 
That's interesting. This is Tony because, you know, like Champagne, she was talking about uh, sci-fi as well. I don't know if it's because I'm not aware of it, but I don't know too many African-American sci-fi authors. I could be wrong, but we've only come across a handful here on this chat, so it would be nice to see the direction that an African-American author's pen can go in that direction. What exactly would it be that you would you would write about sci-fi? What, what would, give me a theme that you would you think you can work with? I think I think I could. Well, the idea that always pops in my head is like it could be like several years, like maybe a few centuries after like this year, and like by that time we've like colonized a whole bunch of different planets. And mm-hmm. and at the moment you could we could be trying to colonize another planet, but we will find out that there's life on that planet and that life is actually extremely dangerous. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much all I have so far, but I feel like it could be like a whole bunch of action, just like lots of action in it because that's what I really like when I read science fiction books. <laughs> mhm. Mm. Now see I used to love on, on the weekend watching those sci fi Movies, even like if it's in past century sci-fi and all those type of movies. So I want to see your name in lights up there one day, and I'm watching yours on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> now, what is it else that you would like to do with uh with with being an author? I mean, how how what are your favorite things about your favorite parts about being an author? My favorite parts about being an author is actually getting to write. Because when I write, it just makes me feel really, really happy because it's something that I really like to do. And mm-hmm. I like doing I like doing the research, too. Like, if I don't know something and I have to, like, research it in order to know it more, to write about it, it gets me excited to know the information so that I can, I can write about it and portray it in my own way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. And this is Tony once again. Now, what is it, what is a typical day like? in this girl's life when she's not writing? When I'm not writing? Well, mm-hmm. well I'm watching the Joker. <laughs> yes. During my free time, I would watch anything, any Batman thing that's, that has the Joker in it, anything Joker heavy. <laughs> but <laughs> I would How did I guess be, that? <laughs> I would be, like, reading or, you know, since I'm in school, I would probably be studying or something, doing homework. <laughs> Mhm. Well, that could take up a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. Before you slide out, make sure you shout out all of your social media and shout your book out again, um, as well as any events that you may have coming up. Okay. Well, you know, I'm China. Um, I write on Wattpad. All of my thing is always Misfit Girl 3390. It's all together. Mm-hmm. Um, my Facebook is China Low, C H Y N A L O W E. And um, my Instagram, my Instagram is China Bun, C H Y N A Bun, all together. Um, and the book that is going to be published is called The Valentine's Heartstone. My Joker fan fiction is called We'll Laugh Together, and that is on Wattpad if you want to check it out. 
Thank uh, you so much uh, for sharing your 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 your, jo- your time with us and your journey, and we we expect big things from you, Miss Fitbit. So we're gonna be on the lookout, especially with the pertaining to the Joker. Cause we, <laughs> you know how I am about my superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to be on the lookout. We wish you nothing but continued success. And when you get ready, you can come back on anytime. Thank you. Absolutely. It was nice being here. Thank you. Not a problem. Welcome. <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the literary world. And you have a wonderful <laughs> evening. You too. <laughs> okay. You know, she had me oh, at the so opening of that interview, Lisa. <laughs> She is so sweet, and I love the the fan fiction Joker concept. You know, fan fictions, I think, are becoming really popular, Uh, and I think, especially with kids, and I love the sci-fi, because, like you said, we don't have many black authors that are sci-fi authors, and so I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see and experience what's going to come from her pen. Shout out to Champagne Couture for allowing us to share that time with her author. If you missed any interview we had on this evening, no worries. You can head over to our archives and check them out at blogtalk.com or on iTunes, or you can also get on any podcast app and look up Let's Chat with Miss Tony and Miss Alicia, and you'll be able to find us there as well. We will see you guys next week in the chat room. We appreciate everybody that tuned in and that spend their time listening to us chat on our nights, Thursday and Fridays, and sometimes Wednesdays. Make sure you guys check out Real Raw Radio on Sunday. The scoreboard crew, that's Mr. Jazz and Miss Tony, will be in the house on that night talking that talk about the Super Bowl. Yes, girl, I'm ready. <laughs> and we will see you guys next Wednesday. We will have author Alicia Hunter, Venice Cappers, and Quentin Morgan's going to be in the chat room. So it's going to be a good night. It's going to be our uh, mind, body, and soul. We're going to be talking relationships. And whatever else comes up in the chat room. We appreciate you guys, and we out. Thank you. Good night, everybody.